Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. Hey there, it's Album for the Day. I'm John E. This is Jay. And we were thinking about doing something a little different Mm -hmm. because we love America. Oh, that's right. And there's 50 states in this great land. And we're going to put our patriot pants on, and we're going to bring you a little bit from every state, because there's music in every state in this great land. And we're here for the whole ride. So we're going to go state by state, bringing you some of the best bands, some of the best albums that we've heard. Uh, We're going to bring it to you. So buckle up, Buttercup. Jose, can you see? (laughs) Here we go. Album for the day today brings you a continuation of another state of the music. Mm -hmm. Today we return to the Empire State because we just tapped a toe in. Yeah, we we dipped. We didn't jump in. We dipped. You don't want to jump into the Empire State. (laughs) That's bad news. Yeah. Uh, Blondie. Oh, boy. You just you're diving in, or were you going back to what we what we already talked about? We 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 no, dipped. we didn't really dip we, we, into Blondie too hard. No. Blondie was very influential too. Yeah, and I mean they were founded in 1974, just like the Ramones. And I feel like mm-hmm. you know there was some some overlap. There had oh, to be definitely you're in the CB, same yeah. city, even CB, though it's the you're playing city the same the club. Sometimes, like, the next night. Sometimes, uh, probably the same night. Um, yeah. And Debbie Harry and is Debbie Harry. not named Blondie. It's the name of the band, for God's sake. It's like Jethro Tull. People yeah. just don't get that. Yeah. And Deb- Debbie Harry, um, yes, she is an iconically uh, beautiful lady. Um, but her but talent, about- her musical talent and her songwriting ability... Just go check out the album Parallel Lines. Mm-hmm. Like, my goodness. Heck, we did an episode on yeah, it. Yeah, that is so solid. And uh, yeah, yeah, especially for that time, what they were doing in 1970, I think that was 76. But man, just absolutely crushed it. Eight. 78. So, and I, and I, you know, Debbie Harry is one of those leading ladies that just. Man, she put it all out there, and fantastic. Well, Parallel Lines is when things really started to change for Blondie, because over the next four years, they put out Dreaming, One Way or Another, Mm -hmm. Heart of Glass, Call Me, Atomic, The Tide is High, and Rapture. Amazing. And they're known for being a blend of styles, which that's... That's Very fair to say. Yeah, but they're in New York. They're they're that's what they were doing. They were picking up everything from the Ramones they could. Pop, reggae, and early rap. Yeah, that's yep. People do say that about Rapture. Um, I don't, but some people do. Yeah. Uh, Blondie was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006. They've sold 40 million records worldwide, and they're still active. They yeah. put out their 11th album in 2017. That's awesome. Um, you know, there's a band that we have not discussed yet that I think fits in that Blondie category is the New York Dolls. Absolutely. Um, this 
is one of those bands that you want to talk about influential and never really got their due. Well, they never really put out that many records. I think they put out three? Two or three. Uh, Yeah, two or three. Um, And, you know, the, the, the whole crazy thing about the New York Dolls is that they were, like, kind of almost this, like, I mean, not like cross-dressers, but like they had a very effeminate look to them. They were very glam. Very glam. And it was that thing of just like, that wasn't what people were doing, you know, at at that time. And like, so, and like David Johansson, who's like the lead guy you i mean he's a well-known actor he's been in so much different stuff he also was the guy who did hot 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 so that's an important thing to point out is david johansson got tired of being broke yeah and having to rely on other people to make a decision yeah and he was like but i could totally just go and blast half the stuff on the radio out of the water right now yeah went and did it and made his money and, and still has the street cred from the New York Dolls mm-hmm. of like, yeah, this is what I was doing that was changing things, mm-hmm. but nobody was paying me. And you're not hearing the New York Dolls on the radio. They didn't sell a ton of records. It was just like that everybody who was in the know was like, holy crap, you got to check this band out because they are different. They are new. And we're in New York. Like, holy cow. And then he was like, yeah, that doesn't pay my bills. And Johnny's completely right when he said he came out with all these things, blew everybody out of the way, and was just like, okay, I got my money now. I'm good. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what I want. And the guy, I'd love to sit down and hang out with him for a little bit. Fascinating fellow. Fascinating guy. Um, but, yeah, they, I was wrong. They did put out more albums later. But they got new musicians to tour and record, so oh. I'm not sure if that actually counts. Mm. And they broke up again after touring with Alice Cooper. I'm not going to insinuate anything, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're an interesting band. Um, David Johansson was from Staten Island. Johnny Thunders was from Queens. Arthur Kane was from the Bronx. Sylvain Sylvain was from Cairo via Buffalo and then Queens. And Jerry Nolan is from Brooklyn and he played the drums. Mm. Jerry Nolan's an interesting cat. Mm. I don't know much about him. Yeah. Hmm. I bet he, I bet uh, old, uh, Grab a shovel. <laughs> Time to dig deep. I'm just saying. Yeah. And uh, we've already gone into the, uh, the the band from Massachusetts, but Steven Tyler himself is from Manhattan. Mm. Well, Steven Tyler, I mean, he's a he's a great singer. Not not necessarily a great dude, but he's a good singer. Yep. Um, speaking of good singers. Uh, how about LCD sound system? Oh, you want to go down that path? Let's go down that path for a second. Um, LCD sound system. Um, m- m- one of those bands that 
really changed a dynamic for a lot of people. Um, they, they found themselves in a, uh, just a, a love, uh, where so many people loved this band so deeply that their tours and their live shows became a spectacle. Um, and then they did a farewell tour, um, ending at Madison square garden that, that was actually recorded and put out. And we actually did an episode. We did in our live music. And, month. and the show is absolutely breathtakingly fantastic. It's all very strategic and planned and all of that. And then they went on tour again. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, I believe it was Bruce Springsteen said to Why? James, what? "Why? What would it take for you to get back together?" Yeah. That another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, um, yeah, James Murphy, he's an interesting cat. Uh, he's actually from Princeton Junction, New Jersey. Yeah. He attended NYU, though. He was an English major. Mm-hmm. Um, he was offered a job writing for Seinfeld, but he didn't expect it to be successful, so he turned it down. Hmm. It's a show about nothing. <laughs> you know, that's too much nothing for a guy with that much premeditation and planning. Exactly. You know what their first, uh, what their name was at their first gig? It actually explains the LCD because you think it's. Yeah, but tell me what it is. What do you think LCD stands for? I have no idea. Well, usually if you're talking about like a. Lowest common denominator? No, man. (laughs) Oh. Stop doing your kids' homework for me. (laughs) Bad dad. (laughs) God. Liquid crystal display? Oh, yeah, that never would have been. Yeah. So um, they actually called themselves Liquid Christmas Display because they were playing a Christmas party. Oh, well, there it is. So as far as I'm concerned, they've always been Liquid Christ- Christmas Display. Christmas. Mm-hmm. I like sound that. Sound system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, Carol King. Carol King. Tapestry. One of the greatest albums of all time. One of the best songwriters of all time. Carol she King. was born in Manhattan, but raised in Brooklyn. 25 solo records. Uh, as a writer or co-writer, 118 Billboard Hot 100 songs. That's crazy. 61 on the UK chart. 75 million in sales worldwide. Lifetime Achievement Award as a part of four Grammys. She was the 1983... She was inducted into the Songwriter Hall of Fame in 1987. Wow. She's been in it that long. That's insane. And, um, yeah, she's actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Uh, 1990 as a songwriter and 2021 as a solo performer. Um, She won the fifth 
Library of Congress Gershwin Prize for Popular Song. If you haven't watched that ceremony, it's really cool. They've had everybody from Paul Simon to Garth Brooks to... Mm-hmm. Um, she got the 2015 Kennedy Center Honors. Oh, yeah. Aretha performed. Yeah. Um, Tapestry and You've Got a Friend and It's Too Late are in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Yeah. Beautiful. The Carol King Musical opened January of 2014, ran six years, 2,418 performances on Broadway. Goodness gracious. Won two Tonys, two Best Performance by an Actress in a Lead Role in a Musical, Best Sound Design of a Musical, and she co-wrote the first Billboard Hot 100 number one by a black girl group. Hmm. Will You Love Me Tomorrow by the Shirelles. Wow. That's when she was writing songs with Jerry Goffin. Yep. And um, before James Taylor. Yeah, well. And that was just a magical partnership. Yes, it was. That's that's one of those, like, you could almost say, like, the Simon and Garfunkel type, like, magic of, like, man, you can't deny the absolute heat that what their songwriting was. Mm-hmm. You can't deny it. Really both of those mm-hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. Like what she wrote with Jerry was that stuff's still standing too. Oh yeah. Like she's just a she's a real force and mm-hmm. um she's been an inspiration to a lot of other female artists. I mean, you can sit there and talk about, you know, female artists in everything from hip hop to rock to whatever and they're all going to tell you Carole something King. about Carol King. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lauren Hill would tell you about Karen, Carol King. Yep. Missy Elliott would mm. tell you about Carol King. Lady Gaga would totally tell me about Carol King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so Lady Gaga, another New York uh, musician um, who... I we don't have to say much about freaking lady Gaga. She's from the upper West side in Manhattan. But she's, she's definitely had a journey of a life. Yeah. She's got one of the largest followings of any musician in history. Um, she's, she's got a meat suit. She wore a meat suit to the Grammys or Oscars. She wore a meat suit somewhere and it was very weird. Um, Yes, and that, but that's kind of her thing. She comes out with like crazy, elaborate fashion, and you know, it's like that's why she's an icon. You know, she does things. Oh, is that, that why? Well, that and she wants to be talked about. I mean, that's you wear a meat suit to be talked about. Sure. I mean, your people are going to be like, "Did you see the meat suit? The what? Lady Gaga wore meat. Who's Lady Gaga? Who's that? And if you don't know who she is." Boom. What I think is most interesting about Lady Gaga is that she she reflects back on her career almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she looks back and thinks about things she would have changed now that she didn't. Um, I've seen it 
a number of times where she'll do like a, you know, several years later reflection Mm -hmm. and she reflects poorly on stuff that she's done. And I don't know if that's just because she's hypercritical. She's also had some interesting, you know, things happen. Well, but she has to deal with the backlash with the people talking. Sure. It's not like we see it and it's like, oh, wow, that's weird. And we move on with our lives and she has to deal with the critics, the comments, everything every single day. And she takes it on and, you know, she, she's got broad shoulders. Uh, I mean, I'll give her all the credit in the world. She is willing to go out there and do what she wants to do and say what she wants to say. And she don't give a damn about what anybody else is going to say about it because, because she has that moment in her life where she can look back quickly and say, you know what? that was either a good idea or that was a bad idea or that was whatever. She could be critical of herself, but she can also t- bring herself up because she has so many fans that appreciate who she is that bring her up. And you know, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's been a cycle of growth. Yeah. She didn't start out that way. No. What I will say is one of the most interesting she things wasn't born that way. You mean this way? Oh, sorry. Gaga. <laughs> You used the wrong preposition. I know. My, one of my favorite things that she ever did, though, um, and, uh, you know, she did something real interesting. So she was recording in the Chicago area, found out R. Kelly was there, oh. recorded a song with him, wrote a song with him, and at the time, none of whatever was known. All of the R. Kelly stuff. It's a great song. It's an unbelievable song. I would put it in my top 500 songs of all time. Wow. After all that came out, she pulled the album, ripped the track off of it, recut it with Christina Aguilera. Good for you, Gaga. Good for you. Put it back on there. Good for you. That's awesome. Fascinating. Gotta love that. So if you can find the original pressing of that. Yeah, right. That's on my uh, my bucket list, man. Yeah, right. If you're looking for Christmas presents. <laughs> Art pop. Art pop. Sonny uh, Rollins? Man. You wanna you wanna step in that water? Yeah, I do. I do. I was gonna I was From I, I wasn't sure how to get into Sonny Sonny Rollins, but we're just gonna just dive in. It's called a transition. I just did it. Uh you're beleaguering it. I was gonna try to make up something with Colossus because the saxophone Colossus that is Sonny Rollins. Um he is one what of my a freaking word for you to rip out of your sphincter well his most well-known album is saxophone colossus and it's absolutely my it's a white whale of mine i've looked for this record for 20 years and i've never even seen it i've never seen a copy of it that's how big of a white whale it is for me um I, you know, and, and I've listened to the album, obviously, through streaming um, and that kind of thing. Um, and I had a, I had a CD um, that I purchased. It was one of the first jazz albums that I ever purchased. Um, and, man, Sonny Rollins um, 
he's one. Of he the, didn't always play the sax. No, he's he, he started it, as a pianist. Yeah, it, it, the guy he is he is one of the most talented musicians. He understands how music works. He understands the music theory behind it. And the guy, gosh, listening to him play is an absolute joy. And any record I ever see Sonny Rollins as a credit on, I will buy that record 100 out of 100 times. Every time. Well, sure. Um, and I strongly suggest everyone follows through with that because I've it's I've rarely been disappointed. Rarely, he didn't play with bad people. He didn't. I mean, he had uh, he had a, a name that went around with him that was. I mean, he was the saxophone colossus. You know. Now, I want to say something. Uh, you know, we don't usually get into people's extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to note that in 1955, Sonny Rollins went to the Federal Medical Center, mm-hmm. and that was the only assistance in the U.S. for drug addicts in 1955. Mm-hmm. And he volunteered for what was then experimental methadone therapy, mm-hmm. and he was able to break his heroin habit. Mm-hmm. And he lived in Chicago. He met Booker Little. And he thought initially that sobriety would hamper his musicianship. Nah. But he actually went on to greater success. So he, I think recorded, it's he recorded over 60 albums in his career. Over 60 albums. Seven decades. Of original music of some of the most complicated some of the most dynamic jazz music you will ever hear 60 albums it's 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 just remarkable it's remarkable like in 1957 when he decided to use bass and drums without piano yeah. for accompaniment for saxophone mm-hmm. that was new yeah I mean, people didn't do yeah. that. No, there's so many things. And then how many other people did that after him? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he changed the way that jazz music just was played. one person, man. Yeah. He, he, he was, he was a, just an absolute revolutionary. And, I, you know, my hat always will go off to Sonny Rollins. Speaking of a revolutionary and the Empire State, mm-hmm. I, we should probably talk about Jay-Z. Man, that's a good transition, too. Um, In New York. <laughs> um, he's got to be one of the top money-making hip-hop artists of all time. He's got to be. I'd say he's, he's in the top five. Be fair, though. Not all the money Jay-Z makes is from his records. In fact, I would say at this point, probably a small portion of what Jay-Z makes is from his records. Well, he's not a dummy, that's for sure. No. He's investing his money in smart things, and being married to Beyonce certainly doesn't help. Doesn't hurt. It certainly helps. It doesn't hurt. There it is. There it is. Sorry, I got to thinking about Beyonce. Sorry, Jay-Z. My bad. (laughs) Somebody needs a homecoming. Anyway, it's a hard knock life. Oh man, <laughs> I knew it was coming. But uh, you know, I, I appreciate Jay Z in a number of ways. 
Yeah. Um, I would say that I wasn't really super into him when he first hit. Yeah. I think the one that grabbed me was the Black Album. I'll, I'll, because I'll I was like, what do you mean he worked with Rick Rubin? Because I know who the hell's worked with Rick Rubin yeah. before. I'm going to have to check that out. And, and I didn't hear it first. I saw the video for 99 Problems, yeah. and I was like, that is revolutionary. The crazy part to me is that Rick Rubin would tell stories about Jay-Z, about how he doesn't write anything down. Everything's just in his head. And that he gets onto the mic and just has everything. Like, he'll be sitting there like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And like he's writing it. He remembers it all in his head and then comes out and just like gets on the mic and rips it up. That's a lot of brain space. And it's just like, man, that is a that is a an unbelievable talent and a wordsmith to not only remember such an intricate rhyme scheme that he delivers, but my goodness, just of how many lyrics he's got billboard and vibe named him the greatest rapper of all time this year i'm not i don't know if i'm gonna go i'm not gonna i'm just go. saying what they yeah said. and it's a it's that's an again that's an opinion piece but he launched kanye rihanna j cole yeah i think it's interesting that he was the president and ceo of def jam from 04 to 07 i yeah. love that yeah and that's rick yeah, but I think Rick had left by that point. Yeah, and if we're—I mean, if we're talking Jay Z, we gotta we gotta go back a little bit. And talk about Sugar Hill Gang too, right? Oh yeah. Um, so Sugar Hill Gang was basically the invention of rap with rappers delight. Um, I, I mean, a hip, a hop, a hip to the hip to the hip hip hop, and I, I mean, even Adam Sandler did a did a pull with that like ninety five year old lady in the Wedding Singer. And did a whole thing. And so, like, Rapper's Delight, it changed. I mean, they're still on tour. They they played St. Louis, like, two weeks ago. I was there. It's, like, it's crazy. So, here's the thing, though. If we're going to talk about Sugar Hill Gang, Sugar Hill Gang was people that got recruited into a group. I'll compare it to... Uh, New Kids on the Block or the Backstreet Boys or something like that. Because if you're going to talk about the Sugar Hill Gang, you got to talk about Sylvia Robinson. Mm -hmm. And Sylvia Robinson is from Harlem. If you've ever heard the song Love is Strange by Mickey and Sylvia, mm -hmm. that's Sylvia. They also had a hit with Pillow Talk, and uh, she founded all platinum records sugar hill records and bonami records and she crafted that group and basically she you know put it together so it was gonna happen mm -hmm. and that that was the thing is i don't know that the recording itself or I'm sorry, the group itself was as significant as the recording being so successful. That recording being so successful inspired so many other people. It inspired like everyone. I'm sitting here reading about all these other New York kids, and they're like, yeah, I got inspired by. Like LL Cool J. Yeah, that too. You know, like that's one of those things where it's like, 
think about the people that that came out right after i mean not even like right after but like but shortly thereafter that were completely inspired by what they did you know they made a a whole different type of music a different genre and and it was for for the people you know now do you want to talk about james yes okay ll cool james yeah Ladies love cool James. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he came out around the same time as Run DMC and the Beastie Boys. Um, but, I mean, he's been around a long time. He's got two Grammys. Um, he's well known for a lot of stuff. I actually, he won the Kennedy Center Honors, man. He was the first rapper to win that in 2017. He made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with an award for musical excellence. Seems like he should just be in as an artist. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, maybe like, my goodness, I'm going to knock you out. That was mama said, mama said, out. knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. I saw this TV show the other day called super fan and mm-hmm. they got a whole studio audience of super fans mm-hmm. of LL Cool J. Oh, wow. And like, they all had a story and they got some of them up there and they were like competing with LL Cool J knowledge and trying to name the song the fastest that's got to be creepy yeah there was like a nurse that said you know i was an er nurse during uh, the pandemic and on the uh. way on the way to work i was listening to ll cool j and on the way from work i was listening to ll cool j and i was like that's a cool story that is mm. yeah and i and and it also comes like with with new york rap you know, I, we hadn't even discussed in Biggie. Now, yeah, we did. Did we? Well, we've mentioned we, him more than once, but do, do we want to talk about about James's street cred and how gangster he really is? I mean, we can. We might as well. We're here. Okay, yeah. Pull the um, car over. His father shot his mother and grandfather, nearly killing them both. And he found them as a four-year-old. So that's got to impact you somehow. Uh, Yeah, probably. That makes him want to play a cop on TV. That's going to make me want to start rapping at 10. Yeah. On the streets. His grandpa was a jazz saxophonist, and he saw the potential, so he bought him a bunch of equipment. Mm. Love when family supports your... Yeah, your dream. And it seems to have worked out well. Stomping on it seems to have worked out well. Really hate that. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear when people get supported. Mm-hmm. Speaking of support, uh, Run DMC. Ooh, yeah. Run DMC, uh, just completely iconic. Now, without looking, 
Do you know where Run DMC is from? Mm, I'd say probably the Bronx. I will direct you to their Christmas song, which plays every single year because it's one of the greatest songs ever. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. Oh, in Queens. Okay. Interesting. You think she actually was cooking collard greens or it just rhymes with Queens? Uh, You're going to have to ask them that. I don't know. I will. I mean, I love collard greens, so I hope that that she was making collard greens. Daryl, hit me up, man. Yeah, right? Um, I thought that... So I didn't realize, like, that, you know, apparently Daryl was a big drunk, and that's why they broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, but 840s a day, I just want to talk about 840s a day. So 8 times 40 is 320. A quart is 32. So you're drinking 10 quarts. There's four quarts in a gallon. That's two and a half gallons of malt liquor a day. That is so much. Let it sink in. I haven't let it sink in. I don't want that to sink in. So anyway, that's, that's just, that was back in the day. Ooh. He figured it out. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Rev Run, Joseph Simmons. Yeah. By the way, Joseph Simmons, Rev Run. Russell Simmons uh-huh. of Def Jam. Uh-huh. Pays to know people. It pay, Yeah, right? Pays to know people. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Run is an ordained Pentecostal minister. Um, Daryl McDaniels, DMC, is from Harlem in Manhattan. Um, I found out something interesting about DMC. Mm-hmm. Um, he was having some mental health struggles. He hails Sarah McLachlan's surfacing album as having saved his life. And he later recorded with her, and they bonded and discussed the fact that she also is adopted. Interesting. Fascinating. Where Run DMC and Sarah McLachlan meet back on the other side. Can you imagine Run DMC being like, and you bet, I bet he found her music by he's like watching TV all depressed and that puppy thing no, it comes was, on it was contemporary to the album oh okay i was like don't take it there oh. don't take it there there's a lot of dead dogs you are a bad person <laughs> i'm not gonna deny that <laughs> <laughs> dmc has a comic book company and interestingly enough it's called dmc which stands for daryl makes comics daryl makes comics <laughs> I love it. Yep. But Jam Master Jay um, from Brooklyn, he uh, he played the trumpet, the bass, the guitar, the drums. Super talented guy. Um, but he was the DJ of the group. He died in 2002, and it's one of those unsolved murders. Yeah, right. Interestingly enough, when's the last time you looked at that? Years. Years. So in contemporary time, it is September of 2023. In two months, that goes to trial. They figured out a bunch of stuff. They pinged some towers. They figured out a lot of stuff that happened. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Yeah. But um, they figured out who who it was. So coming soon. Coming soon. To a court near you. Court near you. Um. Curtis Blow, 
No. Yeah. Curtis Blows from Harlem as well. He's actually Curtis Walker. Mm-hmm. That's a way better name. I agree. I mean, it was the 80s. Yeah. I'm not going to comment on the name, but anyway. What about Salt and Pepper? Now, wait a minute. Don't Uh-oh. skip over Curtis Blow, man. Curtis okay. Blow was the first commercially successful rapper to sign with a major label, which I was interested to hear was Mercury. Yeah, that's a weird. Yeah. Um, the Breaks of his was the first certified gold rap song. Uh, he became an ordained minister in 2009. He is the founder of Hip Hop Church in Harlem. Hip Hop Church. He's that. also the chairman of the Universal Hip Hop Museum, opening in the Bronx in 2023. Nas did a version of If I Ruled the World in 96, mm-hmm. which went double platinum. Uh, Curtis Blow has 17 albums, and he was in Crush Groove. Mm. Have you ever seen Crush Groove? No. Oh, dude. So, have you seen House Party with Kid and Play? Yeah. So, think less House Party, more Street. Oh, okay. And Good Crush stuff. Groove, man. I mean, it's it's hip-hop. It's super-duper hip-hop. Good it's stuff. Great. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I will have to check that out. Grandmaster Flash? Oof. Grand Furious Flash? Flash. Well, you don't just skip over Nas all. I mean, he may be, this may be one of the greatest. You're right. Hip, that was a, tr- yeah, that so may be one of the, a chance to be a dick there and go, yeah. that's a transition that I just did there. No, you no, 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 jackass. no, 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 Nas Illmatic might be the, it might be the greatest hip hop or rap album of all time. Some people would say that. I, I, you know, I'm not one of those people. You, you, but you can't deny what it is. I deny there is a valid, strong argument to some degree from some people. Yeah. 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 I I agree that it belongs in the conversation. It belongs in the conversation. And that's it. That's that's yeah. It belongs in the conversation because it is a banger. It's unbelievable. But since we're just going to keep with it, man, like be fair. It's like when, you know, subsequent people have done a song based on Rapper's Delight. Yeah. And he absolutely put, if I ruled the world on the album, man. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even like a borrow. It was just a straight up cover. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, you know, rappers don't cover their original lyrics, really. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But Nas, he's he's quality. Dude. We did a we did a Nas uh, episode, didn't we? We did back in the day. I think mm-hmm. it was Illmatic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So back to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. There it is from Furious the Five. Bronx. So Grandmaster Flash is actually from Barbados and raised in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. What makes him interesting, and his real name is Joseph Sadler. Spelled as though he were putting uh, hardware on a horse. Mm-hmm. Saddler. Um, he invented quick mix theory. Mm. So he was revolutionary with that. He also invented the slip mat, mm. which revolutionized it. He called it a wafer. But what he did was he went to the store and he got some felt and just and whoop. took a piece of wax paper and put it in between two pieces mm-hmm. and just ironed it and it made a slip mat. 
Yeah, I don't think he got paid a lot for that either. No, he definitely didn't. Uh, also in the group were brothers Nate and Melvin Glover, which would be Kid Creole and Melly Mel. Hmm. Robert Keith Wiggins, who was Keith Cowboy. Mm-hmm. K-E-E-F. Uh, Guy Todd Williams, Raheem, and Scorpio. Uh, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. Their big song was The Message. Mm-hmm. I was interested to hear that Grandmaster Flash himself is actually not on the recording. Melly mm. Mel just came out with a diss track of Eminem, and it is the worst piece of music I've ever heard in my entire life. It's so bad that he came out and apologized for releasing After it. the fact? After the fact. Can't take it back. Because everybody was like, oh, dude, you just... You just dissed yourself. You didn't diss M. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, it is... And I'm an Eminem fan, bro. I've got a number of his albums. I've enjoyed a number of things he's put out. But let me say this, man. Eminem's had some stinkers, too. So if there was one to put a stinker out about, let it be him. Yeah, but you don't come after Eminem. He's the dude who's going to pull you apart. He's going to take the time to dissect you. And find out, like, he's going to come after you, and he will win. That's what he's known for. Don't do that. Don't be a Melly Mel. I think he's going to (laughs) relapse. Yeah, right? Might have to go to recovery. Well, uh, I think we're going to have to cut this one and come back. I think we're going to come back to New York is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to because, I mean, I'm, like, waist deep. but We're getting into it. I want to get all the way in. Yeah, we're going to dive in the next time. But uh, today, coming to you from the Empire State, uh, album for the day, uh, follow, subscribe wherever you listen to us. Uh, shoot us an email with any recommendations, suggestions. Uh, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at album the number four the day. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week from the Empire State. Don't push me, because I'm close to the edge. <laughs> I'm trying not to to lose myself <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes I try to keep from going under <laughs> this is why we are not rappers <laughs> <laughs> or Debbie Harry, Debbie Harry. <laughs> after starting the podcast you can search for the album use the three dots and hit add to cue now the album will start as soon as the episode ends Woo! Ooh!